This podcast is brought to you by MVR Painting. MVR Painting is a Newcastle-based company with a passion for painting for well and truly over 10 years. They are a small crew making a big difference. If you want the brush with the best, make sure to contact MVR Painting. You can find their pages on Facebook or Instagram under MVR Painting or email them at mark at mvrpainting.com.au. Cheers, peeps. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Today is your day. Allow me to introduce myself. Top deck. Top deck. Top deck. The, 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 the top deck podcast. Now leave your brain stimulated. You up to brother? Oh, a bit nervous, but here we are. How good is it? Studio set up. It's done, walls painted, it's looking nice and pretty. Hey, I, I, I was a bit of a touch and go there for a while, but we ended up getting there. It would have feeling, but like fucking, I had this big influx of um, excitement, overwhelmed, like just everything, you know. I know, like this is the first, obviously, episode, a bit of an intro about each other and, um, you know, where nervous, we come from so, and everything. Yeah. Oh, fucking nervous, excited, sweaty palms, man. <laughs> Sweaty palms, like the uh, last week when we were just having a chit chat, you know, when, it, when we knew it wasn't going live or anything, it was so much easier. But now, fuck, like, like bad. <laughs> the palms are bad. I love this it, is going out there, like, you know, let, let the, uh, you know, let the fucking, what do we call it? What will be, Feedback will be. come. So, all right. Yeah. Well, what do you, um, yeah, obviously, we'll fucking, this is our first little episode and, um, We'll just get a bit of a background story about each other, I think. And, um, yeah, where we come from and how we got here. And what, motivate, what motivated us to, to want to do sort of this stuff. And um, I think I'll kick it off. I've wrote down a, a few things that I, I want to ask you and get a little – let the people out there – Know a bit about me. Know a bit about yeah, Josh cool. and, For sure. and where he's come from. So um, Love it. Tell us a little bit about your background and where you grew up and how you got to here. Um, man, grew up in Belmont. Um, I spend a lot of the weekends here in Carrington. Um, but um, visited my name, but yeah, pretty much grew up in Belmont in um, in the Housos. So um, you know, I think up from you know until maybe ten to twelve, it was, it was great, man. Great neighbourhood, you know, lots of um, lots of young kids and that, and just big groups of footy and and tag and all that sort of thing, you know, around the around the streets. But then as uh, as that place sort of you know started to get an influx of of you know drug drug addicted people and and a bit of low life people moving in there, it becomes sort of a bad place. So. Spent most of my life there till I was about 17 and then, uh, yeah, and then sort of had a bit of a falling out with my mum and her partner at the time and, um, yeah, so sort of got punted out of there and... Um, Just take it back a little bit. Um, you, you didn't... Your mum and dad were separated when you were young or...? Yeah, man, yeah. So they, mate, never been together. Um, yeah, like... I haven't really never asked the full story. Like I don't, you know, I don't know why. I don't know if it's some I'm scared to listen to it and and hear it or what. You know, I, I'm unsure why I haven't asked. But um, yeah, from from what I've sort of pieced together is that, um, you know, like yeah, my mum and dad obviously got together and then um, they went their separate ways and my mother was pregnant and my dad had already moved up north and um, was with another lady and um, yeah, and that's that man. So, you know, I I did spend holidays and that sort of thing with the old boy um but yeah never uh, they were never together so yeah and then um so i was pretty much just brought up by my mother you know um was you a bit of a wild child or look probably about that 14 15 age bracket yeah i become pretty pretty rough and naughty i think um the neighborhood i was living in played a part in that you know 
um, you sort of you are what your environment is. So that um, yeah, that definitely didn't help. But um, yeah, by the time I became you know 17, 16, 17, I sort of dabbled in marijuana there, and um, you know that led you down a bit of a bad path. And then I just became you know probably off the rails. When I look back on it now, man, I become yeah just. Yeah, putting a hard time on me mum, man, which wasn't good. You know, you look back now and reflect on it and you're, you're a bit ashamed of it. But um, at the time, man, you just, you know, you're just a young rebel. You don't really know better. So what was, what was school like? Oh, man, I just floated into school, you know. It wasn't something I excelled at and it wasn't something that I did poorly at. But, um, you know, I just showed up. Yeah, like academically, I'm probably not that great, but you put me into sports and, yeah, I'd probably shine a lot better there. So... Yeah, I just showed up, man, you know, and I did my own thing there too, really, like, it, I wasn't, you know, I've never hung out with people that I went to school with and that, definitely did in primary school and that, but in high school it was more that, that than people that um that I sort of lived with around, you know, in the uh, houses. We'd run amok in the Arvos on the BMX bikes or, or up in the bush building cubby houses and stuff, so. As you do. Yeah, man, yeah, oh, great, great times too, so. But there, then, um, yeah, man, when I, probably 17, Got real, you know, disobedient when, um, you know, at that 17-year-old age bracket and just, um, yeah, man, the mum um, obviously had had enough and um, fair enough too when I look back on it now and she gave me the punt and... Um, how was your relationship? Did you say that you had a stepdad? Yeah. That whole way through? Or yeah. How was your relationship with him? Oh, no. So it wasn't the whole way through. Probably I think she got together with him maybe when I was like, 15, right? Yeah. yeah. Look, it wasn't great, you know, um, but it wasn't great with any of her partners. Yeah, I was just always that little little grommet man that would just give attitude and smack. Um, yeah, I just couldn't accept that. I don't know, maybe it was that my mum was, you know, trying to find someone else and the attention was coming away from me, you know. That could have been it. I'm, I'm unsure. But, um, yeah, I was just a real grommet man to, to her partners, unfortunately, so... And um, and that had carried through, mate. That had carried through to till you know a few years ago. Really, um, I was still a bit of a like for myself. I had a similar family system to yourself. Um, do you think not having your father around at that young age paid like you know made a crucial part in how you were, or possibly? Um, you know, obviously when you I'm. Not that I know, but, you know, now being a parent, I guess when you're brought up by, you know, bringing up a parent, there's two different sides to parenting, you know what I mean? Whereas I only really got introduced to one side of it. So, yeah, for sure, it definitely had to play a big part on it, I would say. so. And, um, you know, I think I've matured now and in the last 12 months, definitely, definitely have grown as a, as a person. So, um, and I can see the mistakes I've made in, in a lot of relationships, not only like my mother's, so... Yeah, I can reflect on that now. And, and, you know, I can't change that, but I can only build on it and, um, you know, just try and move forward and, and better myself from them mistakes. So, yeah. And then, um, yeah, probably, mate, you go to the 18 to 25-year-old bracket and um, just chaotic, mate. You know, um, you know, they say marijuana's the uh, the gateway drug and it de- definitely is. It goes from that to, you know, ecstasy to, to you know, speed to acid tabs and you know you might think you don't have a problem you know when you when you're doing it you know i'm only doing it on the weekend you know it's just we're partying we're partying but you know when you sit back now and reflect on that man it's um 
it's something that I'm I'm not too thrilled about. You know, I I wish I did choose a different path, but that's the path I chose, and you know, I can only you know point myself in the right direction now. So, yeah, there were some interesting times back then, man. Anything you regret at all? Touch of marijuana. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Um, and and probably not rectifying the relationship with your mother beforehand. Um, you know, I've, I've really held a grudge on that, like, you know, till late. Um, How's your relationship with her now? Look, it's getting better. Um, it's, it's definitely, you know, like if you look at my brother and my mother's relationship, it definitely isn't on that page, but um, it's definitely getting better. But that's me. I've got to put that effort in and that work in to, to build that, you know what I mean? Do you think you hold like a resentment towards your mum for... Your upbringing or? Yeah, no, no, definitely not. Um, so um, I went out with uh, maybe 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 eight months ago, nine months ago, um, I went out with one of the coffee girls. Like we were just catching up, good friends, really good friends. She's a lovely, lovely girl and um, she gives me a wealth of knowledge and, and we touch base on it. Like we're trying to work out why this relationship I have and with my mother is like that and why why like I don't feel good enough when I'm you know like looking like if you you think she's a cute girl and you're like oh you know yeah I'm not good enough for her or whatever it is and then we were talking and and cooking dinner and um and she goes do you think it's because your mother chose her partner now over you and instantly man I watered up my eyes and I was like fuck maybe that's where that started you know me not thinking I'm good enough is from childhood stuff yeah man my mother choosing choosing him over me and 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 i've held on for that for so long you know and i just just gotta just gotta let it go man talk to her and move on so forgiveness forgiveness have you done that um in my own head i have as in a, a conversation with my mother no no not yet which um that needs to happen yeah definitely so it's a hard thing to brew up man i'm sure i'm I'm a pretty strong-minded person and a um what's the word uh arrogant type of person so um yeah it's it's pretty hard to do but yeah we'll get there so what about from 25 to now probably from 25 till well maybe we say 27 28 was um it was still the same um still running a bit of a muck in that um playing football as well you know while i was sort of running a muck um which didn't help. It's just party, 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 as you know, on the weekends. But um, yeah, probably, probably from that twenty-eight bracket on, I moved down the coast. I got with me part, me ex-partner, um, you know, that I was with for six, nearly six years. I moved down the coast. I found, you know, obviously I was still going to the gym here before that. But um, when I moved down there, I found CrossFit. I found this niche of people, you know, that were just all about, you know, like just training and enjoying and fitness and eating healthy. And, um, yeah, I really attached myself to that group of people. And, um, yeah, that changed me ways. I started to drink a lot less. And, um, yeah, man, I just – drugs went out the window. I didn't even think of them, didn't even want to borrow them. Moving away from the circle of friends that were in Newcastle, that, that, you know, that was huge. I had to do that. You know, um, I had to do that again when I was 24, 25. I had to move from Belmont into Newcastle and just drop my phone number, drop everything and start fresh because I would never have got away from the drugs or the marijuana and that. So it was a hard thing to do, but fuck, man, I don't regret that at all, you know. Some of them old friends I'll still touch base with here and there, but, you know, you look back, some of them are still doing the same thing, so. Do you reckon that come out of maturity or come out of fear? 
or a bit of both? Probably a bit of both. Um, look, I knew what I was doing on the weekends wasn't right, and there's a there was better like a better life for me, like you know, for weekends and everything. And I knew, you know, even though I would still keep going back to it, and that's that addiction thing, you know, just going back to the weekends, party and bendering on. And then recovering Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you start feeling good again. By Friday, you're ready to rock and roll again, you know. And um, That's even when I'm doing it, though, I still, like, I'm not happy with myself doing it, but I'm still doing it. And then um, just moving away just eliminated that, you know. Yeah. I didn't have that opportunity to go and do that on the weekend, so it was good. <laughs> no, I've got a, I wrote a couple of questions I'd like to ask you, like, because um, I feel you know, knowing you for since probably 2012, I saw, I've seen you change your life around. Yep. And, um, like, do you think once you hit 30 that, I don't know, you know that cliche saying, you know, once you hit 30, you sort of get a light bulb moment and you sort of change your life around. Do you feel like that, I that had happened? A light bulb moment? That, yeah, that, that happened for you? Like, um, Yeah, I felt like I had a light bulb moment. I... I I actually said this to someone back when I was you know, maybe 30, 31, that, you know, I, I'm starting to look at things a lot different in life. Um, I said, maybe this means I'm maturing. I don't know, you know, but, um, yeah, I still remember that conversation. I can't recall who it was with, but I remember that conversation. So I would I would say, yeah, at about 30, 31, yeah, you, you just all of a sudden it's that light bulb moment and you start thinking of things in a different way. You start thinking more of the future, more, not just a week ahead or, or let's what's on this weekend, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's what's, you know, what's the long, you know. How old was was you when you had boss? <laughs> what was I, like 30? Hang on, yeah. Yeah, do shit. You, do you think that was a big pivotal moment in your life where – um, or, it, it made me cut drinking straight out. Or um, was you already on a good path? I was, I was definitely on a good path. I was still drinking, like, you know, enjoying drinks and here and there on the weekends and that with the boys. Um, look, me and me and the ex were, um, yeah, man, we are having a good life, you know, but um, <clears throat> it, it takes it up another notch, you know. You've got someone to be responsible for, you know. So it, um, it made me eliminate drinking. It made me focus on improving myself, you know, whether that's, um, you know, through work um, and career or whether it was just personal growth. Um, yeah, I just – that was my main focus. It was just i got to be better for him. i got to learn for him to teach him, you know what I mean? I didn't have that figure in my life, so I know, sort of know what I missed, so I know that I need to, you know, pass that down. So, yeah, no, it definitely did, man, definitely. And, I, man, it's, it's the bomb. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Oh, we'll get a bit deep. For a minute, yeah, mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, you said you're not with your ex anymore. Um, how is your relationship with her now? Um, look, um, probably hold a lot of resentment from how it went down and what happened, um, which I won't go into. You know, that's that's sort of a personal thing on her behalf. But look, um, over the last. Look, we went to Taronga Zoo two weeks ago together to take Boss down there. Like We still do, you know, we went to the Newcastle show together, so we'll still do these odd things here and there together. Um, but since Taronga Zoo, it, has, it definitely has picked up, which is good. Um, you know, but before that, yeah, I was just holding a lot of resentment. But um, I just had to sit back and look at it and go, yeah, you know, you're like, 
sure, I was in a dark place. Sure, I was probably down and depressed a bit. But that's no reason to, you know, not treat her like physically like like rough or anything, but that's not <clears throat> that's no excuse to sort of talk the way I did to her and that sort of thing, you know. So how it went down and everything, you know, um, sure it wasn't handled right, but that's on both parties and I need to just, you know, acknowledge what I did, make amends for what I did and then and then move on. And, um, yeah, man, we're going pretty good at the moment, eh? You know, no sea's ever calm though, so there's always rough patches, but... Was it, long- was it hard going from seeing your son every day to only seeing him, obviously... You know, when I yeah, when, when I do now, do. Um, yeah, bro, it killed me. Like, um, because I rang you, you know, when I was upstairs about to about to leave, and man, I could barely talk. Like, when I left, I couldn't even drive. Man, I was yeah, I was hysterical, and it was just not being able to see my son. And um, and that's because you know, like I not having a father, man. You know, I I know what he's about to miss out on. You know, so definitely tough. But um, that just means, man, that you just got to be present and give him. All the time you can when you get it, you know. So it's the difference between not having a father, but having a father that is still present in your life and is a good father to have a role model. So I don't think that you know that would ever be seen as not having a father. You know what I mean? No, like no, not at all. I see what you do on a day to day basis with him, and you know he's he's pretty lucky to have a very active father in his life. Um, so I do commend you for that. No, cheers, bro. And um, but you know, uh, my next question was: We going like, deeper? <laughs> no, we're not going Good, deeper. Bro. I'll ease up on you a little bit here. <laughs> Appreciate, it. Appreciate it. Um, fucking coffin and shit. The like, uh, you, I see you, and you know, like I've seen you go through your stages of lots of training, and, and you know, always on the go. Like, um, everyone is motivated by something. Like, I know Boston's a big. Part of your life is what motivates you, but what what motivates you to wake up in the morning, like to you know strive for success and to you know all the achievements that you set out to you know what motivates you to get up and chase them goals. Apart from the alarm, <laughs> <laughs> good start. I enjoy it, bro. You know, like it's um, it's everything's challenging. You know what I mean? Like it, a challenge is good. It grows you. It um, you know, makes you learn. Like some days you'll have terrible days. Like last Wednesday when we sat down, you know, and then um, other days, man, like you just you'll crack so many things and just smash out goals, you know. And man, I just I just set a daily goal, a weekly goal, a monthly goal, and then a half yearly and a yearly goal. <coughs> Excuse me. And then when you when you achieve that one goal that day, man, it just makes the day perfect. You know what I mean? And it makes it like, yeah, fuck, we got this. Let's, yeah, yeah, we can do it. What's tomorrow's goal? All right, yeah, we're going to smash that out. We're going to smash it out. What's the week goal? Oh, fuck, yeah, let's get this done, you know. So, um, yeah, man, just enjoy it. Set these small little goals that I enjoy and I want to conquer. And, um, yeah, man, it makes me want to get out of bed and just chase it. Are you pissed at yourself when you don't make them little goals? Or is it like, yeah. oh, that's okay? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm a pretty harsh critic on myself, you know, um, very harsh. Um I think we talked about it once before, like, you know, you go to the the gym at five in the morning, there's two other people there and you only get a 40 to an hour minute, an hour workout in and you're blowing up at yourself because you don't think you've done enough, you know, so (laughs) it's, um, you know, we're the harshest critic of ourselves, but saying that you just got to step back, man, and, 
and look at where you've come from and look at the growth and the goals you have achieved and go, okay, you know, if I fucked up today, it's okay, you know. There's always tomorrow, so. I agree. So if, if you could pick one person, like a bucket list, obviously we're just starting out on this podcast, but I've thought about this a lot, like who is your all-time that you would hopefully to interview one day? Fuck, man. Dude, it'd be everyone's, but um, fuck, you'd have to say Rogan. But um, you know what? If I was to have anyone, it'd have to be two, and it'd have to be um, Theo Vaughn and Brendan Shaw, man, from um, the, the King and the Sting podcast. Excuse me. <coughs> they, um, man, I am in hysterics listening to their podcast. They are absolutely clowns. And um, to have them on you, man, I'd, yeah, it'd be a great laugh and just – Fuck yeah, that'd be dope, man. Dope, and you know, sure, being an ex UFC fighter and right into the UFC, so that's something I'm into. Yeah, it'd be cool to have a conversation with him and have a laugh with Theo Vaughn. So, yeah, he's he's you now he's living the NA program and everything too. So yeah, nice. Yeah, no, yeah, that'd be that'd probably be my two guests. I'd keep it real chilled, not too in depth, otherwise it'd hurt me head. Put it put it down in your goals. <laughs> yeah, for sure, long term goals, definitely, definitely. So what's next for Josh? Man, just keep kicking goals. Try and um, try and get my health back on track. It's been a bit shit since um, since I went to Japan in February. Um, got a parasite infection and it really just messed with me gut and my head. Um, and now I'm just going through some tests because I might have celiac disease, which is like a gluten intolerant type type disease. So just um, yeah, try and get my health back to normal, man, by the end of 2020, so I can have a strong 2021. And get back into my training and everything, 100%, not just half heartedly. So. Fingers crossed, but you know, you just got to put them the work in day to day. Yeah, that's probably it, man. Yeah. Right, this this cough, man, I can't get rid of it. Eh? <laughs> well, oh, yeah, that's pretty pretty much sums up all the questions that I got for you. I, I would just like to finish this and say that um, I'm fucking very grateful to be on this little journey with you. You know, like you've been one of my best mates for a long time. Oh, I'm thrilled too, man. I've seen you do your backflip and change your life around in the last year and a half, and um as vice versa you have done with me and you know i'm fucking very blessed to to be doing this alongside you and i'm excited to what we can achieve and the oh, people man. that we can get on so fucking well done brother yeah man and just the conversations we're gonna have so no it's gonna be exciting man thanks bro love you oh, cheers good, fuck my turn eh? yeah man let's get into you where'd uh where'd you grow up around the corner from here fuck dead set about three streets away from <laughs> me um the carrot boy born and bred um Pretty much lived here all my life up until I was about 20. Um, childhood was a bit rough. I grew up, you know, had a lot of Indigenous mates, which was, which I, I was like very grateful to still have a lot of them friends. But it was, um, I just had my mum, never met my dad before. There was um, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of white lies around where my dad was, you know. I, I, thought, he was, I thought he was dead up until I was, a bit older and to realise that, you know, he just was in another country. So always had that, um, uh, always had that abandonment stuff and yep. always sort of low self-esteem, didn't know where I fit in because, you know, I was obviously a half-caste from another country and I, I didn't know anything about it. So I always, always had that low self-esteem growing up and, um, you know, my mum my struggled with alcoholism and, and she was a compulsive gambler as well and, you know, like, and we lived in housing commission also, like pretty much all my life. But um, you know, my childhood was fun, but now I'm old enough to realise there was a lot of damage done in it as well. Yep. 
Um, and that was from a very, very young age. Um, you know, I was a chronic asthmatic um, due to having an uh, addict parent, you know, and um, it's not all these things now. I look back on and, you know, they're, they're just all adversities, but, you know, obviously oh, it wasn't the best start in life, but it's brought me to, you know, just part of this story. And um, so I was an okay kid growing up in <laughs> primary school and stuff, but... Um, Similar to you, you know, like it wasn't until I was about 16, 17, I started to indulge in marijuana and just with the with me mates and thought it was fun and and like you said, it was it was it was a gateway for me. It was um, you know, it wasn't long after that though. I was started to just take speed. I was getting into nightclubs when I was younger and stuff like that, and um, it was like you know, all this all the signs of being an addict were there for me yep. and um. You know, 17 or 18, I was getting in a little bit of trouble. I was I was a shit, little shit at high school. I wasn't there to learn. I was there to socialise. Um, didn't really achieve in school, you know. I got my U10 certificate and that was good enough for me. And, um, you know, it wasn't really going nowhere in life. Like, um, I'd never had a full-time job up until I was 20. I just wasn't motivated, you know. Um, and it was... Then when I was 20, I gave my mum like a nervous breakdown, you know, by just being a little bastard and um, I got sent up to the Central Coast to um, work with my brother and to live with my nan and pop and um, so I got sent up there, yeah, it was about 20 and I started working as a painter and uh, I fucking hated it, you know. I had to get up early, I had to go to physical work and I just wasn't used to it, you know. I would rather stay on the dole because that's all I knew. Yep. And... um, I didn't, um, yeah, didn't enjoy it at all, and that was when I really started to take off with my um, party drugs. You know, fucking taking ecstasy all weekend, and um, you know, like just really, uh, you know, sort of my life just escalated, but not in a good way. And um, but I was still working on that, and i didn't really have too many relationships growing up because because of that low self-esteem and um not feeling like i was really you know worthy or uh, i don't know what it was to be honest but um it was um you know i, I got into a serious relationship well, i think i was about 22 and i ended up um getting engaged and married when i was 24 yep and that was pretty much my first real serious relationship and um down the central coast yeah on the central coast owned a house and done all that but I was fucking still broken. I was um, I was still going out with my mates every weekend. I wasn't coming home until Sunday, just doing that fucking, you know, all that insane stuff, and thinking it was okay. And um, you that's, know, yeah, that's I, the mindset you get, isn't it? Oh, it really is. But it's been my mindset ever since I was I was I was young, you know. And um, yeah, I was only married for seven months and um, got divorced, which was inevitable, really. Um, I just couldn't prioritize you know my partner and um yeah it it just ended real quick so that that was sort of a that was like an open gate for me to just start getting on it even more on the weekends you know and um so I just kept doing that cycle of getting in a relationship getting on a bender getting in a relationship getting on a bender and um that that just kept going and it was probably about a year or two after I was divorced, I, I met my daughter's mum and um, I was in a re- relationship with her for about three years and um, 
even then, like, I was still going out on weekends and, you know, I sort of met you around the time yeah. and playing footy and always played footy. I, I was never good at it. Like, I was okay, but, like, it was a good, you know, social scene and, um, like, just wanted to play with me mates and it was real fun, you know, and um, I, yeah, so I was in that relationship and I was just, like I said, I was just still going out and not coming home, just that real selfish stuff and, um it was, I think, we had my daughter in 2014 and um, it was the same deal, you know. Like, um, I think it was just before I had my daughter, like, it would, it would have been nearly due to have, like, I picked up ice for the first time and that's when my life really fucking started to take a turn, you know. I, um, it was just on the weekends, I thought it was fun and all that, you know, just with my mates and... Um, I, it slowly started to ruin my life and 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 my thinking more than anything. And um, you know, my daughter was born, and I wasn't really present there for her or her mum. And um, and then it was like seven, it was weird because I got divorced after seven months, and then my daughter was seven months seven months old, and then her mum left me as well. And um, like of course you would, you know, and um, because I just couldn't prioritize what was in front of me and um so once again that was a fucking gateway for me to start hitting the ice just 10 times worse you know Mm -hmm. and um it was probably the people was hanging around as well and um but i don't blame anyone else i blame myself i own my part in every situation today and um you know that was not being in hindsight it's been a blessing but a curse because um, it's got me to where I am today. And, you know, like after after that, when I broke up with my daughter's mum, it was like absolute fucking chaos. I was a full-blown drug addict, you know. I was um, just on the gear every day, you know, and I don't say that proudly. I, I, I say that out of, out of fear, yep. you know. I, I was like um, just on it every fucking day, you know, and like, I was seeing my daughter here and there, but not very much because there was just no trust there, you know, which is understandable, yeah. And um, that went on for, you know, two or three years and it was, um, you know, I just couldn't put it down. It's like that, what everyone says, that cliche, you know, like it's once you pick that shit up, it's the fucking devil, you know, and um, like... I had mates commit suicide, like our best mate passed away just through, you know, just um, complications and stuff like that and, you know, like that still couldn't stop me. No. I went to my best mate's funeral and I still couldn't put it down, you know. Like um, it was just that fucking insanity, you know. I was doing the same thing and expecting a different result every fucking day and it just wasn't working and... Like, um, it was like 2017, I probably had a big scare, like fucking, um, it was New Year's Eve 2017, I was at home and I was like, like, it was probably the most fucking loneliest time that I've ever been in my life, you know, and um, I was sitting in my room, I was living with my mum still, I had fucking nothing but a job and um, I for, for, for one, like in my life, like I... I contemplated committing suicide like I knew how I was going to do it I took the air, air convent out of the fucking ceiling and, and I was going to tie a rope around there and but I just didn't have the balls to do it like and, and like thank fuck I didn't because yeah, fuck. like 
if it wasn't for my daughter, I probably would have done it. Yeah. Well, who knows? But like, you know, and once again, I don't glorify that, but it's just a fucking – to be at that place was fucking so scary. But And was that the tipping point for you <laughs> to change your ways? It wasn't, but that's no? the fucking insanity of this disease, right. how much it, it fried my mind. That, that wasn't even the tipping point. Like I still continued to – to dabble in and out of it, like I probably wasn't as bad as I was when I was like an everyday user, but it was weird. I'd go through this cycle as I'd get in a relationship, I'd be all right, uh, I'd break up that relationship and then I'd get back on the gear yep. and then I'd get off the gear and get on the steroids to try to boost my low self-esteem yep. and then find a girlfriend and then, and the then cycle just, just, just go through that, bro. And it was fucking insane. It was so tiring, you know, trying to be someone that I wasn't. Yep. And um, I, I did that for about two years. And um, and then the, uh, the tipping point for me was uh, it, it was early 2018. I, I went to um, I went to my doctor in drug psychosis, had been to him four or five times in drug psychosis. But at this time I was, I was living in my car. Yep. For a couple of weeks or about a week and a half, I was living in my car and I was just a little RAV4 and I was just driving around and I just didn't know where I – didn't know – like I was just coming off a fucking big, big bender and I was so fucking lost, bro. I was like I didn't know where to go. I had no one to go to. Well, I didn't want to go to anyone because I was embarrassed of how how I was the last five or so years, you know, and – um. That's what kept me from asking for help. It was just that embarrassment, like of pride. Yeah, who I was, you know, and um. So yeah, I was I was fucking pretty much homeless, and um, I had no job, I had no money, I just fucking was driving around, and I, I booked in to see my doctor again, and I went to him, and I was like full wigging out in drug psychosis, and he. I think I even fucking drove him mad, you know, and that's his job because he. That, this was the tipping point for me. He goes to me, mate, you've been coming to me for four or five years and you've come to me six times in drug psychosis and not once for a common flu. When are you going to wake up to yourself? And it was like someone just fucking shook me and said, wake up to yourself, mate. Yep. And, like, I was full emotional and for once in my life – I, I, it's like I handed my will over and I said, well, what do I need to do? I don't know what to do. And he wrote, he pretty much, this is why I'm so grateful for that man, he, he wrote down on a piece of paper what I had to do. He goes, get your old job back, so you're getting out of the house. Goals. Yeah, get your old job back, get private health. This is the best rehab f- facility in Australia. And um, he said, Keith Urban's been there, everyone's been there. He goes, and if you get private health, you can go there for a minimal cost. And I was like, all right. And for fucking once in my life, I actually done something for myself that was going to better my life. Yep. Put yourself on yeah. the right path. I rang my old boss and I caught up with him and I was in tears and he's seen how fucking I was just, I would have looked terrible, you know, but... I'm so blessed and so grateful for that man and that he gave me my job back. Yep. And it, w- it was hard to go back there because I still had real bad paranoia and um, I was on heavy, heavy medication and, um, and also trying to fight my bipolar. You know, I got diagnosed with bipolar about two years prior to that, but I wouldn't take my bipolar medication. I would try to, 
use drugs as my medication yeah. to suppress yeah. shit. And um, so I got my old job back and I signed up to private health that day and that got the ball rolling and I rang the rehab the next day and um, I had to wait five months. I had to wait until November 2018 to get into rehab and it was the fucking longest five months of my life. So what kept, kept you motivated there to stay on track to get to that rehab well, and be, not relapsing? Well, I didn't have to be clean, but my mentality, I couldn't. I you knew, knew what was, I, I, I didn't have one more in me. Yeah. If I was, if I had one more bed, that was it. Like there were so many things. I tried out for the army, failed a drug test. Like got all the way through, failed a drug test. You know, like passed all the fucking tests mentally, but failed. the insanity of you know yep. everything. Like got into mines, failed a drug test. All these fucking opportunities in my life that opened up, fucked around all my mates, like heaps of mates that try to help me out, like that I've had to pay financial amends back to, still paying financial amends back to people, like, but it's part and partial of how I grow now is I own my part in things. I've still got heaps of financial amends that I'm making back, but I'm making it back. I just got vulnerable and said, you know what? And they know that I've changed my life around and I'm paying them back bit by bit. Yep. There's probably some that I don't even know about that I have, I will have to make and I'll cross that bridge when I get okay, there. When it comes but I'm okay with that. Yep. Yeah, I remember when, um, it might have been just before 2018 and um, and you caught up with me when I was living down on the coast and, um, yeah, you could just see how, how on edge and everything you were back then, you know, and then, and then it would have been around that sort of mid to start no, probably mid twenty eighteen, and um, we caught up at at Wyong Legs over there with a couple of the boys, and um, yeah, you were having that chat how you how you'd put yourself into rehab and you're just waiting to get in and all this. So that was just before, actually. Not like, that would have been yeah, that would been a month or two, a month or two. Yeah, that would a couple. Of, that was probably one of my last beers, to be honest, over yep. over two years ago. Yep, and um, so yeah, I had to wait to November, and it was the fucking longest five months of my life because. It was the longest I've ever stayed clean in six years and all this shit that I suppressed has been, was coming up, you know. So I was, I was more mentally insane fucking waiting that five months than I was when I was on the drugs. Yeah, and I didn't right. realise that, you know, because all this shit that I pushed down and all these fucking – just everything ended up coming up, you know, but it was probably – it was meant to happen, you yeah. know. And I walked into, um, you know, and my, my old boss drove me. To the rehab, you know, and this is like the people that I did have in my life that I just thought they were against me, and um, really weren't. Yeah, I walked into the doors in, on in the fifth on the fifteenth of November um, of, of the rehab in Sydney, and fuck man, it was it, it was dead set a fucking life changer, you know. It was like four weeks of intensive therapy, and um, I was just remapping my thinking, yep. you know. There was like no you know, a couple of phone calls a week and you know no sugar no caffeine no stimulants at all it was just you sitting with your fucking self something that i hadn't done in 30 years i remember um i remember you you telling me um a story you tried to you felt guilty it was like you're breaking the law trying to do some push-ups yeah yeah well you weren't allowed to do exercise nothing you weren't allowed to do anything they wanted you to just sit with everything that you had going on you know and i was starting to feel good because I was nearly six months clean and I was like feeling good. I was training hard before I went in there and um, I would sneak up to the, the little lecture room upstairs and would do push-ups early in the morning before everyone come up and like the cleaner would walk past every now and again. So I would sit there and pretend that I was doing yoga. Never did yoga in my <laughs> life. <laughs> and um, But, you know, if that 
if that was the littlest thing that I was doing wrong at that time, then I was doing all right. But, um, you know, it's changed my life. It, it introduced me to the NA fellowship that, that I'm in now. And, like, you know, it, it's fucking full changed my life. Like, it's given me a program to live and a set of principles to live by in everyday life. And not only that, I gained fucking one of my best friends that, uh, like, I've, I've ever got, you know. And I've, I met him in the most vulnerable place and, like, the friendship that I have through growing and the adversities and the experience that we shared is unbelievable, man. You know, it was dead set like a universe. Put you like, together. Yeah, it was. Re- it was really that, you know. And um, he, like, I left. I think just before Christmas, and um, it was it was overwhelming, you know. I'd get out of that cotton wool environment, and um. It's in Sydney and you, you're out to fend for yourself and had to make your own way home and shit and it, it was really overwhelming but it was just also a sense of gratitude. I learnt so much about myself. But I, I did learn that a lot of my shit comes from childhood trauma yep. and a lot of my shit comes from childhood trauma. But I say all this stuff about my childhood and my mother and, and my mum and that but I'm very grateful for that woman. I've, I've forgiven her and... Like, I'm very, very close with her today. She has her struggles. But I think forgiveness for me, I learnt through being in recovery, forgiveness is, is, is priceless when I f- take the emotion out of every single situation, you know. And uh, I heard someone say on a podcast that I was listening to that, um, you know, forgiveness is like people don't do things, people don't hurt you or things don't happen to you because of you. It's because of the other people. Yes, correct. And when you remove self from them situations, there's forgiveness and there's a lot of growth there. And that's what I try to do now. Like I've gained a lot of awareness around being in a program and and living this life like, um, you know, just over two years clean. And fuck, man, my life is unbelievable, you know. Like if I sit down and write on paper all the pros and all the cons that I have in my life now – that's crazy compared to, to what it would have been two to two and a half, two three and years, half ago. years ago. And it all come from surrendering, just going, asking, asking for help. Admitting you have a problem. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And like, you know, there's a lot of amends out there that I'll have to make, not even financially. I'll probably have the most bizarre but fucking awesome co-parent relationship with my daughter's mum after putting her through so much grief. And I'm very grateful for that. You know, people think that it's real weird that, you know, she's married and got another kid, but we're all friends, you know what I mean? Like, and Violet calls Brent dad and I'm okay with that yep. because I'm okay with me. Yes. I know what my bond is with my daughter and I know what that man has done for my daughter as well when I wasn't very present in her life. Yes. So I'm grateful for that, you know what I mean? Oh, 100%. That's what I was about to say. Like, do you think that these people that think that that's strange aren't actually in touch with themselves? You know what I mean? They aren't connected to themselves and they're not as confident in themselves and everything as you. So, therefore, they think that's strange when it's... To be honest, it could be anything. But I think you read more about the domestic violence or the people holding kids from each other and all that shit. I think people read too much of that. And not the good and stories. And not enough of the good stories, you know what I mean? And yep. um, there's, I'm sure there's a lot more good stories out there than what get put in the paper or get put on social media, do you know what I mean? And 
for sure. Yeah. I um man, look, mate, I look up to you guys and your relationship that you have now, you know. And mate, if I'm me and my ex can have that for our kid, then mate, I'd be stoked, you know. So, and I, I think that's why I have to be grateful because she had every reason to cut me off through everything that I did, but she knew. She's always said to me, you know, you're a really good person, but you make very bad choices. Yep. And when she said that to me, I was like. Shit, that's true, and I've always done that. Like I always know that I, I am this person that I am now. I've always been this person, but my mental health and you know, it's like major. just generics, because my pop was an addict, m- my mum's an addict, my brother's an addict. Like just goes on, you know what I mean? Like, down the yeah, exactly right. And um, so you know, like going to rehab was fucking. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And now I get out, and fuck, bro, my life today is unbelievable. You know what I mean? I have my own business. I I have a great partner. I have a great fucking co-parent relationship. I have awesome friends in my. I have, I don't have many friends, but I have couple of different little groups you know like yourself you're, you're one of the ogs i've got a couple of other og mates um kyle like i only met you in know rehab. in rehab but is dead set one of the best fucking my best mates that i can you know like like a brother and um and then i've got me morning crew with the boys that, that go up the beach you know and and like i've just got a fucking good diverse Group of people and um Yeah, mate, your circle doesn't need to be large, you know. It's just gotta be small, but it it's it's gotta add large value to your life. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, and the fucking most important thing, like I got a little boy on the way in November, like fuck me. I think that is the most important and touching thing for me. Like get me emotional. But I'll how much I haven't I feel, I, I, how much I put put pressure and put myself down as a father because I never had one for one and previous I, mistakes. I, I previous mistakes for my daughter. You know, I look. My, there's no fucking more kicking the teeth. And then when I drop my daughter off and she's screaming at the door that she doesn't want me to go, and that's a worth feeling because I know that that's from me. Yep. That that you know that's my mistakes, but. She wouldn't have the dad that she has now if I didn't make their mistakes. Yes, that's correct. And I think when I can look at things like that and have that, you know, it's the house. It's honesty, open-minded and willingness. It's, I, if I have them three main principles in my life, then I have this awareness to be able to take these things in. Yep. And I think going into being a father, getting to be a father again and having a support and partner with – all, all my adversities, fuck, man, it's priceless, you know. Not to mention I've got two young boys that look like, you know, my partner's boys that look up to me as well, like, and that's what that's what, that's what what makes me get up in the morning. I listen to Ice and he says, what's the first 10 seconds? Are you excited to get up or not? And fuck, man, I'm going to get up at 3.30 and I'm excited to get up, you know. I'm excited to get up, you know, because I know what's ahead of me, you know. Like I go to the gym, do a gratitude list, do me readings, go to the beach with the boys, watch sunrise, fucking have a coffee, good connection. And then I get to go and run my own business and challenge myself. And, um, and now this, you know what I mean. Someone asked me, why do you want to do this? And I said, you know, my business pays the bills. It's a career. I love painting and I'm good at painting, but it doesn't fulfill me. 
you know, this is what fulfills me. When we can sit here and have talk diverse sh- yeah, conversations, yeah, talk shit, and, talk shit and, and learn. Exactly right. And that that's what fulfills me. As you can tell, like, fuck, man, I've been running around the last <laughs> week getting this room set up. Like, like it's fucking unbelievable, you know, the yeah, feeling ego. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to do this. We've got to do this. Because <laughs> so, yeah, it's a passion, down. you know. I haven't, 100%. I haven't had a passion in so long. My passion was always to be a drug addict. And that's all it had been. But now my passion is to wake up and better myself each day. And I believe I'm doing that one day at a time. Oh, mate, you definitely are, man. Like, look where you've come from. You know, I can see it firsthand. And, um, you know, even on your one-year sobriety, you know, you've gone from, as you said, living in your car and then your one year being clean, you have a place to, to put me up when I'm, you know, having a rough time in life, you know. So, man, yeah, you know, you've you've come leaps and bounds. And then from that that 12 you know from that first 12 months to the second 12 months you've just you know quadrupled where you've where you've come from so i'm mean, oh, proud of you you're doing good bro you're doing real good man keep it up so, you're inspiring man and you're inspiring a lot of people man so it's good i appreciate it so all right let's uh let's ask a couple of questions brother <laughs> sure brother far away so um yeah what's your end goal you know obviously with the family and everything what's your end goal where do you where do you see yourself in 15, 20 years' time. I'm fucking pretty simple these days. I live a day-to-day program, you know, day-to-day life, like one day at a time. But I know if I was to think where I'd want to be, alive would be good. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. Definitely still in Newey. Yep. Um, yeah, just just cruising. Probably, if I could slow down a little bit, you know, you know, you and Kyle yeah. both say like, fucking, yeah, I'm always on the go, bro. Like, I, I love to keep busy. I think you know that's that added head of mine. I, mm-hmm. I've always got to stay busy. I've always got to be doing something. And um, my partner always laughs at me because she's like, you, you just never stop. You know, like stop. When <laughs> it's you a sleep. funny story. I was at home and um. I brought this little jackhammer to take the tiles off and she thought I was taking little splashback tiles off and she come out and I'm digging up the main floor with this jackhammer <laughs> and she had like a, the look on her face and I was like, am, am I pulling up the wrong thing here or <laughs> Too late. But, um, yeah, I, I think slowing down, if I, if, if I can just um, slow life down a little bit, enjoy yep. the time with the kids um, and definitely being new, you know, our can't ne- leave, our, can't leave Newey. Nah, our next two years go, we've got a little Disney Disneyland account saver going on. Yeah, mad. We want to take the kids there in in a couple of years, hopefully if everything's back to semi-normal over there. And um, I think after that, I'm in the process of doing up the house there and um, want to move back into, buy back into town. and um, More central. Yeah, more central to everywhere and, you know, it's just... Beautiful spot. It's better for the soul, brother. Better for the it soul. It really is. It really is. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, to be honest, fifteen years is fucking way too long for me to judge where I want to be. But yeah, alive and and still living my life like I'm living it now w- would you know would be a fucking blessing for me. Yeah, nice. So um, I guess like you know now you're you're two and a bit years clean. Does does relapse and cross your mind daily, or is it now just sort of a once in a you know a I had this conversation. Blue moon or something, or I had this conversation with, um, I think it was my partner and someone else the other day. Um, like relapse doesn't like the compulsion to use drugs has lifted. Yes, but the fear of relapsing is still there. I, I like it though. I like to have a fear of of, of keeps you aware. Yeah, it does. It keeps me aware, and um, like uh, yeah, exactly. Like it keeps me aware. Like 
I'm only one bad choice away from fucking losing everything <laughs> because I know that one's too many and a thousand's never enough. So that's why I don't – I'm complete abstinence from everything. I don't even gamble. There's like days where – or weekends where I would think, fuck, I would like to put a multi on. But I think – I wouldn't be – I wouldn't be doing anything wrong by it. But my mentality is, for me, that's – for me, that's still like – and Dipping I, into I, the cycle. Yeah, well, oh, that could take that could become a new new addiction for me. Yep. So um, let's just keep the podcast as an addiction. <laughs> yeah, relapse. Yeah, relapse is a healthy fear. I, I um I like to have healthy fears now because um you know it keeps that awareness alive. And I think the day that I'm not scared of relapsing is the day that I'll be concerned. Yep. No, oh, man, good answer. And I guess last thing, man, so, like, if you've got other guys out there listening at the moment, you know, that are, that are struggling and, and um, you know, whether it's with, with drugs or alcoholism, um, what would be some advice for them? I think um, for me it was ego kept me out there for a long time. I was um, thinking, oh, I'm a man, you know, like, I, I don't, that men don't ask for help, you know what I mean? Like, everyone will look at it like and just that... Um, yeah, I, I think just reaching out to people, you know, like um, there's so so much fucking help out there, you know, so much help out there. Like, um, and, and it's as simple as just picking up the phone, and you know, fucking inbox me, find me on social media, inbox me, inbox anyone, like, and you'll be surprised how many people, if if not, if they're not going through it, then they've been through it, and um, I think that's. You know, it's just just reaching out to people, and I, I guess the removing yourself from the crowd because that's what I had to do. But to be honest, at the end, I didn't even want a crowd around me. So yep. it, there's always it's up Lose to the, the ego, swallow the pride, and yeah, touch but, base. But you got to be ready. Yep, it's up to the individual. You got to be ready. I, I I think now I look back, I was ready. I wasn't forced there by anyone. My daughter's mum didn't say go here or you're not seeing your daughter it was like i just finally said i give up so i think if you are ready man just you can google anything now and it'll tell you where you need to find help or there's so many phone lines out there and so many people like that to touch base with yeah just one foot in front of the other yeah google that path google you know so whack it on Google, there's so many things. Or like I said, reach out on social media. There's so many people out there that, that are putting their hand out for people. Fuck, there you go. So um, I thought we'd end it with with a quote. Maybe we could end a, the uh, podcast with a quote, whether it's a quote you've read for that week or something that you live by or you know, just something you've, that you've come across. So, um, I love what, this. I know, I know. You've got some good ones. So, um, yeah, well, like just let's give, give us one for the end here. Um, Oh, no, one of the best quotes I got taught when I was away was um, the past is depression, the future is anxiety, and the now is happiness, and that's how I try to live my life. So that's fucking one of the best ones that, you know, that I learnt when I was away. So, yeah. Yeah, nice. I like it. This one isn't really a quote. It's um, – I read it the other day. So it's, it's more for, the, for, you know, these, you know, for people and their group of friends, you know, like let's inspire each other and um, – and work together to develop ourselves and grow a bit better. And it was interesting. It was like, um, you know, instead of baby showers, let's host business showers. So when a friend starts a business, we all come together, congratulate them and bring resources for their business, you know, and yeah, 
that, just open communication and, and help and improve it. So that's right. Every, but that that's not just limited to a business, you know. That's limited to everything. Yeah, so. life is a celebration, I believe. You know, and definitely, man. I, I don't think I, I used to take. I speak for myself. I used to take it for granted, you know. Um, but now I, I make the most out of every single day, and um, the people that I get to share that with, I'm you know truly grateful for. So. Um, yeah, fuck, this journey has been fucking epic and it's only two years deep for me, you know, and um, I feel like I've just been reborn. So, uh, you know, uh, all the good things are yet to come for me, I believe. For sure, bro. Proud of you, man. Well Cheers, done. Brother. Likewise. All right, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. That wraps us up. Peace out. Thank you. <laughs>